How is everybody doing tonight? Welcome to another edition of the Cowboys Conference Call. Uh, this is streamed on my channel, uh, The Boys in the Zone. Uh, streamed on, um, oh goodness, I have this double stream going, sorry. Um, and it's also streamed on the Cowboys Cave, so glad to see you here. Uh, we're going to be talking about a bunch of different things. The Mike Zimmer hire, Jerry's all-in comments. Um, you know, players we should re-sign re or, you know, re-get back into the building or, you know, other free agents. Um, it's it's a big talk about um, if Jerry's comments are actually all in or not. Um, but we got these two guys underneath me, Kelly K9 and Mike Tag of the Cowboys Cave, and I'll let them shout out themselves. Uh, go ahead, guys. Go ahead, Kelly. You go first. Uh yeah, all right, all right. Thank you. I appreciate you, Mike. You're such a gentleman, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you don't uh if you don't follow me on Twitter already, you can find me at, at Kelly underscore K underscore nine on Twitter. Uh on YouTube, mine and Mike's uh podcast is the Cowboys Cave. Um, and that's just on YouTube, Cowboys Cave. Um, so for those that are already in the chat that have liked and subscribed, we appreciate you guys out there. And then uh um, on Instagram, it's all the same thing. It's at Kelly K9. It's the same thing on TikTok. So pretty much all my socials are all the same. So at Kelly K9 is, is how you'll find me. Yeah, and this is this this is his partner in crime, Mike Tag with the Cowboys Cave. Um, you can find me on Twitter at mtag1993. Same with Instagram and everything else. But appreciate you guys uh, tuning in for sure. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. And we got my guy to the right of me. Or to my left, I don't know how to even say that. But anyways, my guy Barry Grant Jr. of the All Even Podcast, Mister Thirteen Million, right there. Say what up and shout your socials, man. Yeah, definitely, man. What's up, fellas? What's up, everybody in the chat? Uh, this is Barry Grant Jr., host of the All Even Podcast. Um, you can catch me on all social media platforms. I'm not as big on Twitter as these guys are, but I'm there. Um, at All Even Podcast on on Instagram on TikTok. Um, Facebook, I'm, I'm there, man. Um, you know, the, the Mr. 13 million tag is because I had an interview that generated over 13 million views. So, um, you know, please go ahead and check that out. If you are into certain things, um, I, I, I cover a whole myriad of sports as well as my love for the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, definitely go check that out. And well, who was the interview with? I gotta ask. I'm sorry. Well, it was uh, it was with this uh, social media influencer. She is a non-clinical um, psychologist, and she discusses a lot of things that are all right. Very interesting stuff. So <laughs> it went crazy. All I'm saying is that oh, it went I crazy. I gotta check it out. Yeah, sounds like a good watch. <laughs> Thirteen million people can't be wrong, right? <laughs> um, we were supposed to have other hosts and other shows joining with guys from cowboys can fan couldn't make it held up at work and then also uh the host cam mass of starstruck um cam had uh covid so she couldn't make it and then mass is dealing with a little family issue so um nothing to worry about but uh that's the reason why they're they're not here um and they are posting a thumbnail so uh send your prayers out to those two to get better Absolutely. and um first thing i want to say is Micah was held up at the airport today by some people wanting some autographs. Mike, I have you in the building right now, man. I got your shirt on. Bro, I, I need the autograph. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I have to hold you up uh, to, to get it, but uh, we need to make it happen. 
I saw your post under the Micah thing. Um, and that was a true but, story. Not that I minded doing it. I, I was actually flattered, and I, I tried to tell him, "Don't let me sign your jersey. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I don't want to ruin your jersey." But he was adamant about it, so I did it. But it was at our, it was at the tailgate that you were at. You know. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No, nah, I just my my yeah. wife actually found this because remember you gave me this at the game. Yeah. Um, and we just must have thrown it in the back of the car and it was just sitting back there. And she's like, I'm sorry, sorry, Mike. And uh, and <laughs> she's like, hey, we I found this shirt. And I was like, oh, man, I forgot that I ever got that because obviously just a, a long day throughout that whole entire process. So um, and then I had to drive home that night, too. So it was just it was funny whenever she found this. So I figured I'd bust it out. Um, oh, anyways, awesome. uh, jumping right in here to the questions. Um, we've got a new DC here in Dallas, um, a familiar face though, Mike Zimmer, um, coached here previously under the Bill Parcells era. Am I correct on that? Um, and, and so, that. and before that, okay. So yeah. yeah and so what, 94 to 06. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Super Bowl there you go. Um, so my first question about Mike Zimmer was, did you guys, um, basically did they make the right decision going with Mike Zimmer over Rex Ryan or should they have went with a different candidate? Um, what's your guys' thoughts on that? And we'll start with Mike. Uh, I mean, I was okay with either one, but you know, the more I the more I listened to Zimmer and the more I started reflecting and remembering Zimmer and going back to it, he to me is gonna bring what the Cowboys need. I think Rex Ryan probably would have been a little little Hollywood. Um, love the spotlight, love the press conferences. I don't know how him and McCarthy would have interacted much. You know, those are, you know, how they're going to be, you know, how Rex Ryan is. I think Zimmer yeah. is just no nonsense. He knows the Cowboys. He knows everything that goes with it. And he's going to bring accountability. He brings a style to this team that I think they need, a, you know, like a kick in the ass a little bit. So I, I, the more I thought about it, the happier I was with the, with the hire. Yeah. Absolutely, and and he's a continuation of that four three uh, defense. He's a, he's really a specialist when it comes to the secondary, um, which I, we have some really good players in the secondary. If they go ahead and re-sign Gilmore, you got Bland Diggs coming off the injury, of course, but you know what he's capable of. You got Dono Wilson, Hooker as well, um, some young guys like Wanye Thomas back there. Um, I think that he can get these guys in gear and have a really, really nice secondary. Um, moving on to Barry Grant, man, what, what was your thoughts on the hire? And um, do you think it was the right decision over some of the other candidates? Yeah, I put a put. I, you know, I put a video uh, about this um, a little earlier that I like Mike Zimmer. I think he's a great hire. I think there's familiarity there. Jerry loves him, right? Cowboys Nation loves him. There's history there. But I wanted Rex. And I wanted Rex for the reason that Mike Tag was talking about is that, yes, he is Hollywood, but so are we. Right. And mm. this is a guy that can be able to handle that stage. Right. We've seen what he's done with the New York Jets. We talk about the biggest stage. Hey, first two seasons, top three defense, back to back AFC title games. Yes, the defense didn't really play well against the Steelers in that game. But they did get there, right? So this is a guy that sends exotic blitz packages at you. We need to be doing that more often with this defense. We need somebody that's going to punch them in the mouth, that's going to be honest with them, and tell them that they're not as great as they think they are, and kind of home with them so we can get back to normal stuff. But Mike Zimmer has the ability as well. So I was fine with Zimmer, but I really wanted a little bit more kick with Rex. Yeah. 
No, I mean, Rex's uh, comments whenever the, um, was it Rappaport or was it, um, I don't think it was, uh, uh, yeah, Adam Schefter. Schefter. Adam Schefter in the Super Bowl coverage, you know, kicked it over to Rex Ryan. He's like, I'm not so sure, you know, he has that job. And his comments was, you know, I called up Mike McCarthy because they have all the talent there to make it to the Super Bowl, to make it to this field right here. They just got to, they just got to have better coaching they have to do some things a little bit better and he talked with so much passion so much fire i was on board with rex ryan man i was like it's kind of like what what uh um adam adam schefter said about jerry wanting to run through a wall for this guy i mean i i kind of felt the same way i was like man that's somebody that would get me hyped up as a player knowing like hey we i believe in you guys I just have to see it on the field and we do a little bit different things. And I think we, you can get there. And that's the number one thing I was taught um, growing up with, with coaches and then coaching other teams, middle school teams and whatnot is just give that belief to your players that they can do it, enable them to do it and then scheme around what somebody does really well and make that their entire game. Obviously they can do some other stuff, but don't ask somebody like a J Ron curse uh, to play primary linebacker or to carry, um, you know, a quick slot receiver across the field. Like, that's not what he does best. That's not what made him special. Um, I just think that it, it it's one of those things that I really liked about Rex Ryan hearing those comments. Uh, Kelly, what was your thoughts on this whole um, conversation, man? Well, first of all, um, I thought that I thought the Cowboys kind of botched the deal from the get go just because I think that the decision on Quinn should have been made a lot sooner. I mean, I, I get it that they were I letting agree. him do his interviews. I thought mm-hmm. I thought they should have given the boot as soon as Green Bay game was over, honestly. I mean, look, you knew you were you knew that as an organization, you could not run this thing back as currently constructed. There's just no way. Not not yep. with the failures that we saw from this defense, which I like I like Quinn, but I felt like this year I felt like his defense regressed. Over teams that they played over a 500 record, they gave up almost 30 points a game. Like that's not a, that's not a good sound defense. And you know, whether that's because some of the personnel things or whether that's cuz things he was doing differently, playing the zone that he played in the Green Bay game, that was inexcusable. I mean, that's a fireable offense in and of itself Facts. because that defense looked lost on the field and unprepared. So I think that was our first mistake, but I thought between the two of them, I think both of them bring good things to the table equally. I think, you know, you've got Zimmer and Ryan have both been a part of championship organizations. They both, you know, Rex Ryan, a part of that 2000 Ravens defense was one of the greatest defenses that that I've ever seen. I mean, that defense was insane. Um, So, Hmm. but then you've got Zimmer back. He had, he coached, he was a part of, you know, the, the Super Bowl winning team for the Cowboys. That was the number one defense in the league at the time. And he was coaching DBs. Um, he was a part of that staff. So, I mean, I think they both bring something good to the table. Um, I just both, you know, I think their philosophies are, are a little bit different in kind of how they coach their defenses. But I think ultimately overall, um, I liked both. I would, I like the Zimmer hire. I'm not, I'm definitely not, you know, negative on it. Um, but I definitely like it better than Ron Rivera. I heard Ron Rivera. I was out on him from the start. I, I thought out of the two, I thought either Rex or Zimmer. 
And I, I'm not against it. I think that Zimmer can bring some some freshness to this defense. It needs new life, rejuvenate into it. I think Zimmer is obviously going to go out, and one of the first things he's going to do is address the linebacker position. It's something I'm excited about watching and seeing how we do that, whether it be in the draft or some of these big-name free agents that are about to hit the free agency market that are going to be out there, like a queen from Baltimore. you got a white from Tampa Bay. you got guys that the Cowboys could get aggressive with trying to go after. So that'll be interesting to watch how he does that. But ultimately – I think it'll be good for this defense, and I think it'll I think it'll work good for these guys in terms of a lot of the accountability. You heard Micah talking this week on his podcast about getting locked in for 22 weeks. Um, I think Mike Zimmer can be the guy to help him lock in. Yeah. No, you make a good point about Rex Ryan being on that 2000s uh, Ravens defense as well because um, the capacity he was on that coaching staff was actually as a linebacker coach, yeah. um, which is the biggest problem for the Cowboys currently. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, you know, the Mike Zimmer thing is he was my second choice, so I'm not, I'm not squabbling about it. Um, here's the second question. Should Mike Zimmer be in the box or down on the field as the defensive coordinator? Um, Dan Quinn obviously set up in that box, got the field overview and, uh, sent the plays down to his player that had the green dot. He wasn't really on the field. Do you think it really matters? Mike Zimmer is known to being for, as being a guy who who's on the sidelines, but does it matter to you guys? What do you think, Kelly? Me personally, I, I, I like him down on the field. And, and the reason why I do is you've got other guys that can sit up in the box and do that job where they're looking at the formations and seeing how the offenses line up, relay that down to, down to Zimmer. I think you need a guy down on the I, – I like a guy that's down on the sideline that can light a fire under his defense when they're not doing – I mean, you can't do that from the box. So yeah. I like that for this defense where Zimmer can, you know, hey, guys, let's get things together. Look, you know, we're, we're – you know, there was, a, there was a deal that I played on the Cowboys cave, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, and it was Zimmer. It was full of a bunch of F-bombs and everything, but Zimmer's just lighting his defense up. Like, you know, if you can't get you, if you can't get your shit together, I'm going to get it together for you. Like, I like that. You can't do that when you're sitting up in a box. So me personally, I prefer him down on the sidelines, but, you know, and that's kind of the way that he is. And I, I, I foresee him being that kind of a coach um, this year with the Cowboys and it's just, it's a personal preference for me. I don't know that it really makes that big of a difference, but for me, I'd just like to see a guy being able to lift his defense up and walk up and down that line, talk to each one of them individually and kind of get their heads right. Absolutely. Uh, Mike? Yeah, no, I agree. I'd be shocked if he's up in the box. The only time I've ever seen him is is on the field, as, as far as I can remember. And I think a defense, I think a defense more than an offense needs to be uh, on the field, defensive coordinator. It's a game of emotions, and I think a lot of he's a teacher. He said in his press conferences, and if you if you heard what Darren Woodson said, you heard what some of his former players came out and said, congratulating him and and talking about him. You know, I think he's better served. I think a defensive coordinator is better served down on the field. Just my own personal opinion. I'm an emotional guy. As you guys know, I, I think you feed off emotion. You feed off that and teaching. You see a lot of it with, with the better defensive coaches in the league. So that's just my opinion of it. And and I think he'll be down there. For sure. And uh, Barry. I agree with everybody here. Um, I think that uh, a coordinator should be, on the sidelines, uh, especially on defense. Like you, when, when you got guys that are on the sidelines and they look disengaged or they're smiling and they're getting blown out, guy on the sideline is going to make sure he keeps that stuff in check. You know, we've seen a lot of that, you know, over the last few years with this Dallas Cowboys team that 
yeah, sometimes they look dejected, but sometimes they just look disinterested. And mm -hmm. you need somebody to be able to kind of look at them and say, listen, what's going on here? We, we got a ball game to play. So I, I, I like the fact that he's definitely going to be down there. Mike Zimmer is not going to be in some box. It's just not going to happen. He's not that type of guy. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think everybody here is, is just echoes of each other with this whole situation. I think that he is one of those guys that is vocal. He expects you to be great and expects that he, he invests that belief inside of you. So he's going to hold you accountable on that field. He's going to come and get in your face if that needs to be the case. And uh, that brings us to the next question, I think, um, which is basically um, – how do you feel that Mike Zimmer fits with the current roster? What changes do you expect him to bring concerning player personnel, technique, teaching, and overall scheme um, that we haven't had under the Dan Quinn era? Uh, we'll start with Barry. I think, listen, we have to we have to establish run stopping, obviously, right? So I would love to see if he can get anything. And I'm talking about anything out of Mozzie Smith. If he can get Mozzie Smith to be a player, we're good. You know what I mean? Because you got a young guy who, you know, he showed a lot of moxie in camp that he was strong and pushing people around. If we can be able to see that, you know, be productive on the field in year two, then that's what I want to see. And also, too, restructuring that linebacker core, if we can be able to get it. Our secondary is pretty solid, but our linebackers, we probably had one of the worst linebacker cores in football. Um, how is he? I, I'm curious to see how he's going to utilize Micah. Is he going to utilize him as a hybrid player, keep him more at linebacker and switch him out on 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 the line, you know, and not keep him there because he's a little undersized. So I think it might be better off to move him around a bit. Dan Quinn wasn't really doing that over the last few seasons, right? So it's it's going to be interesting to see what Mike Zimmer does. But I'm really really interested in how he uh, goes about stopping the run. Yeah. I think that dating back in the past, um, when we get a new defensive coordinator in the building, they search free agency a lot more. They're willing to sign people. You look at uh, Mike Zimmer and some of the D tackles that he's coached up, Geno Adkins, uh, Linville Joseph. He's got some big dudes in the middle. Yeah. And so whether that's re-signing Hankins, going and finding somebody in the draft, um, getting Mozzie Smith back up to that play weight so he can be utilized as a one-tech, um, all of those things are in consideration and should really be um, the point of emphasis as far as going about this thing for defense. And AJ of Cowboys Can Fan brings up a good question here. Would you rather defense build in free agency and offense build in the draft or vice versa if you had to pick? Uh, I'm going to kick this over back to Barry Grant to answer that question. And then uh, we'll go down to Mike and, and he can answer uh, both. I think I think it really depends on what's available, right? Like, you know, you don't want to go into free agency and spend just to spend, right? Like if there's no yeah. talent out there, if there's nobody that can really help you get better, then what's the point of going in there? I mean, you know, we've seen over the past few seasons, I always use this term with Jerry Jones and free agency is that we like the bargain bazaar shop. Right. Like, let's stop trying to do that and get some quality guys. And if you can't get some quality guys then let's turn it to the draft and see and see what we can do there. You know, what I mean, because we've done pretty well in the draft, turning out good players. Last season was really an albatross in regards to just not having a good grade overall. But I mean, historically, we, we pretty you know, we do pretty well. Yeah. Now, nah, it's like shopping at Goodwill. Every once in a while, you'll find a right. good hit. But in order to get good quality stuff, typically you have to spend the money to get exactly. it. So 
Um, Mike, what was your thoughts on player personnel and changes to scheme and all that stuff with Mike Zimmer? And then also, what would your thoughts be about going in and really focusing in free agency for the defensive side, or would you rather in the draft? Yeah, no, I, I mean, first of all, you got to stop the run, like my man said. I mean, that has to be. I mean, that's what that was. That, that was their Achilles' heel this year. And I don't know. I'm no expert in in in, in um, football of of, of of why they do some things. But was it true that they wanted Mozzie and he lost a whole bunch of weight, like yeah. thirty pounds or so? I mean, what was the? I mean, everything we hyped about was his strength and everything he could do. And then you tell the guy to lose a bunch of weight, so. You know, if that was Dan Quinn's uh, idea, thank God his ass is gone too. So, I mean, that's just idiotic. You're going to drop the first round pick. So, yeah, I agree. Stopping the run. I think the linebackers, you've got to get bigger at linebacker. There's no doubt about it. Secondary, I think, you know, like, like I said, I think they're fine. I think we've got some pass rushes. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But as far as, you know, with free agency, uh, I think it's got to be a mix. I mean, you've got to have some draft guys because, of course, when you're looking at the salary cap, they're you know they're a little more dollar friendly for you know for a few years. So you definitely got to build some in the draft. But what they need to do in free agency, they don't need to go out and spend a million dollars, you know, a billion dollars. Let's say they need to spend smart. And what I want and what I've been preaching is championship mentality. Guys that just want to win and play football. They're not worried about the glam. They're not worried about the lights. I mean, when you watch San Francisco, pains me to say this when I'm going to say it. When you watch San Francisco and you even watch the Chiefs and you watch the Ravens, the, their defenses look different. I mean, we mm. have the talent, but they're they're mean, they're nasty, and, and they just play with an edge, and we don't have that. And, you, you know, and last time I promise I'll say it because I love this guy – but when when you got the leader of your defense talking about I'm tired and we're tired and this oh, and that, that's man. not the mentality that you got to have. So they need to bring mm. in leaders. Like I saw Devin White, you know, you know, Queen. You need to bring in some guys that are going to be help, hold these guys accountable. And that's oh, what Zimmer's going to do as well. But that's you know long winded answer. But that's that's what I would love to see. When you're talking all in, that's going to prove it to me that you're all in. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, a Super Bowl winner. Two time in a row, Chris Jones could hit free agency uh, market. He yeah. would be huge if yeah. you could get him. I would feel so so good. Kelly, go ahead. Well, you you, you stole it from me there because I was about to I was about to say that I was going to say if, as far as far as as far as Zimmer goes, I'm going to answer that first. The the Zimmer thing. I'm going to just echo off the the run, the, stop the run. I mean, that's that, you know, that's, that's the big thing. And Chris Jones would go a long way in helping that. I mean, and he's, he's young. He's going to get a big contract though. Let's, let's face it. He's a two time Super Bowl winner. So at this point right now, he's not one of those guys that's looking to chase the Super Bowl right now. He's looking to chase the bag and I'm sure he's, that's exactly what he's going to do. So could the Cowboys fit that in their, uh, in their, you know, in their spending and still address some of the other, other areas they need to. You know, I'm not sure there's a lot of restructuring that needs to happen. Obviously, Dak Prescott's going to get his deal restructured. You know, you're looking at CD Lamb, that's going to free up some things. But, um, you know, the defense is, it's not as far off as, as, you know, I mean, I think that there were some things that were misleading about our defense, having the number five defense this year, but we do have a pretty sound defense overall the the linebacker position obviously we all know that needs to kind of get overhauled but there's going to be some guys out there that you can pick up and not just the big name guys there's some other free agents out there that you can get that you can also add to this at, you know at a lesser price tag so that you can still do some things and you can address it through the draft um you know the one thing that concerns me about the draft is you know having that 
you know, we got that gap after I think it's the third. I think we don't have a fifth round pick. I don't think we got a sixth round pick. Like or we're fourth. We're a fourth. So we're that, well, we are supposed to get some comp picks in there. But yeah. I think we get some yeah. comp picks, but um, you know, obviously the thing that me and Mike had talked about is you never want to put too much stock in draft picks just because you know, you, you look unknown. at kind of how that happened this year, you know, they, they were sitting there at a training camp and they were thinking they had themselves, you know, a good linebacker and overshown. And then he goes out and gets injured. You know, you just never know what's going to happen in terms of that. So I think we need in terms of that position in particular, the linebacker, I think they need to bring in somebody that's proven a person that, you know, what you're getting. There's no doubt about this dude. He's going to be able to be in there. He's going to be able to you know, shed blocks unlike these DBs that were playing linebackers that were getting locked up at that second level. So um, that's my main concern is just getting that that point addressed because, yeah, I mean, if you don't have one, it starts up front with with the big guys. But if if they get that second level, you're looking for your linebackers. That's where they're coming in. And, and our linebackers were just soft and, and and just too small, basically. And we got to we got to fix that and remedy that. And I think Zimmer, in my opinion, that's going to be his priority. Number one. Yeah. No, I think that if. Let's say that the Cowboys could steal away Chris Jones. That goes so far in Micah's development because he eats up the double teams that Micah was seeing, and then you can shift Micah back to that linebacker role a little bit more on rundowns, not having to worry about him getting, you know, ate up in the run department because he is lighter for a defensive end and, and he has short arms, so it's harder for him to shed those blocks. Um, that brings me to the last question that I had about Mike Zimmer which was just, are you guys worried about Zimmer's approach to coaching? Do you feel like it's out of style and or won't resonate with today's players? Um, we'll just go ahead and, and go to uh, Mike Tag for this question. Yeah, well, it was it Spags in, in Kansas City, 65 years old, and he's a two-time mm. Super Bowl champion defensive coordinator. So I don't think so. I think, you know, there's a, there's a difference in the players. I mean, I've got kids who are teenagers, and, and, and you know, you, you, yeah – I guess you talk to them a little bit different, but the great ones you don't because I've seen it. I've seen the great ones still want to be coached. They still want to be pushed and all of that. So to me, if you're, if, if you're a great defensive coordinator and you're a great coach and you're a motivator and stuff, you're going to, you're going to, you know, resonate with these guys, the ones who want to get better and the ones who don't get them the hell out of here because you just don't have time for it. But I don't think there's going to be any, any issues with Zimmer relating him. You've heard a lot of his former, you know, players come out. That's only been a, you know, it's not like he's been out of the league forever. It's been, you know, what, since 21 or 22 or whatever it yeah, was, yeah. Um, you know, some guys in the Vikings came out, obviously Woodson, I talked about, you had a lot of players that came out and said what a great job he did. And others who did not like him in the beginning, but as they got older, they realized what he did for their career and how he impacted them and made them a better player. Xavier Rhodes comes to mind as one of them that, that talked about that. So I think he'll be fine with, with today's players. Yeah. And if you saw that uh, Brandon Cooks and, and Stephon Gilmore uh, interview that those two guys did with 105.3 The Fan, um, they said, basically, we need coaches that hold us accountable. And that's exactly what Mike Zimmer is going to do. Now, it, whether or not that resonates with the younger guys, I really don't care. If they're not ready to hone in and go for a championship, get them off the field. Go sign somebody off the street that wants to and has a will to go and give 100% each down. That's better than a guy that's you know, minusculely better than him uh, that doesn't give 100% effort, in my opinion. So um, kick it over to Barry Grant. Um, 
what was your thoughts about this? And and do you think that he's going to work out for the DC job with so many young players, especially on defense? I think I think yes. Uh, you know, the, just like what what Mike was saying. You know, if you got a coach that has a track record of success and guys, you know, play hard for them and the dudes that you currently have constructed on your team don't want to accept that type of coaching, then it's not the coach. It's the actual players. We have good players. The difference between us and San Francisco and, and Baltimore and all these other teams is that we have a finesse defense. We have no dogs. So if we have no dogs, you need a coach that is going to be able to get that potential and get that edge to them, right? So if they don't have it, you got to bring somebody in that does have it, right? And if the coach has it, then that kind of trickles down to the players, right? Mm. I've seen a guy uh, have a motivational speech at halftime for our Dallas Cowboys. It wasn't our coach, though. It was Jimmy Johnson. I felt like I wanted that instead of what we have, right? Yeah. So we got that in Mike Zimmer on the defensive side. That's what we need. At least somebody is going to hold this team accountable for when they fuck mm. up, right? I, I wish I so, had the, the sound drop, the little horns. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I agree with you. That's that's a great point is – Everybody that watched that at halftime that was a Cowboys fan and saw Jimmy Johnson still the fire that he had inside of him yeah. and the want for this Cowboys team to be great, man, that almost brought you to tears yeah. just thinking about where we have been, the heights of this organization, and what we've been the last 29 years. And, yeah. and it, it, it saddens you, but it, it gives you, you hope. As a Cowboys it, fan. CJ, yeah. as a Cowboys fan, and, and, and you know, I'm 48. I've, I've been through the mid-80s and, the, and you know, some down times in the 90s. When you see the coach, when you see Troy Aikman, when you see Emmitt Smith, when you see Michael Irvin, when you see these guys care more than Definitely. the players that are on yeah. the field, that's a problem. And that's what pisses – that's what, you know, pisses Cowboy fans off. And that's why at the end of the game, every Cowboy fan just wanted everybody gone. Now – We've calmed down, right? But everyone gone after the game. Like Michael Irvin said, everyone's got to go. It was inexcusable for them to come out that way. And, I, and, and I'm not going to blame the coaches so much. I mean, some of the scheme, obviously, Quinn did. But these players got to be held accountable. And that's yeah. what I'm saying is there's got to be some accountability. And I don't think they were getting that with Quinn. I just don't think so. And it's just I, it, Too buddy, they're going to get it with them or they're going to get out. I promise you that. And yeah. just just to add to that point that Mike was saying real quick, you know, you know, the, when CD Lamb was on was on Mike's podcast, and he said, you know, you know, me and Dak are good, man. We just need to get back to 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 scoring touchdowns and making money. It made me sick because not one time did he talk about winning. Mm-hmm. And not one time did he talk about let's get this Super Bowl, let's get to an NFC Championship and get over this hump. Talking about scoring touchdowns and money. This is what the disconnect is with Dallas Cowboys fans and the players that we currently have. Yeah. Yeah, I think that to an extent, like Micah and CD and their, they were talking on Micah's little podcast and whatnot about um, being held accountable. And it's like they, they were talking, it's seven months. Can we not get give seven months of our hard invested time and effort into going and getting this thing? And I think it was a little bit of a maturity and, and realization by those two. Like, if not us as leaders, who's going to do it? Because this, these so many years prior to this, it hasn't been there. 
So hopefully those two guys do bring that same mentality into training camp throughout the entire season that if not us, if we're not going to be the leaders, then who else? I think that's going to go a long ways. Hopefully we see a little bit of that from the coaching staff, as as Mike alluded to, and, and, and Barry with Dan Quinn. He was a little bit too buddy-buddy in my opinion. I'm ready for Mike Zimmer to come in here and, and show what he has. Kelly, go ahead and uh, uh, finish this conversation off real quick. Yeah, I think uh, I think Quinn was Quinn was a little bit more of a of a player's coach, and Zimmer's more of kind of an accountability coach. I don't really think he's there to be friends with them. I think he's there to make them better. And I mean, I think as all, whether it be professional athletes or it be professionals in the real world, I think everybody looks to have that wants somebody to hold them accountable. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you've got nobody holding you accountable, what what's driving you to do your job? What's driving you to be better? And that goes, that goes for anybody that's on the field. That's off the field. You want something or someone to be holding you accountable. So I think these players, especially these ones competing at the highest level, they want somebody that's going to hold them accountable. And, you know, you sit there and we, we sit there and we talk about like, okay, well, you know, is it ever going to fly? Because in this day and age, you know, you've got these players and they do their podcast and they do, but you look at the new England Patriots. It wasn't that long ago that Bill Belichick was winning Super Bowls uh, with new England and they weren't doing that shit. They weren't doing no podcast. You didn't see them before a damn playoff game sitting there posting, uh, you know, we're having a victory party after only to go out and get their ass whooped in the first round. You didn't see that out of a Bill Belichick coach team. And that went that went over well with those guys because they knew there was a lot of people in that in that squad that was like, look, you know, Bill was a hard ass, but he brought out the best in us. And, and those players like that and they respect that. And I think that as a, you know, as a professional athlete playing at the highest level, if you can't get on board with that, well, then you don't need to be wearing the star on your helmet. You shouldn't be on this team. And they got to find a coach and, and, and be able to, those coaches have to be able to look and make decisions and say, who are the guys on the team that have that attitude and are be and going to be receptive to what we're trying to do here? And who are the ones that we need to ship on out of here and get them the hell out of this, you know, out of this damn locker room. So. Absolutely. And with that, I wanted to bring up this little graph of Mike Zimmer, uh, 2017 to 2013. And in specifically this area of him against the Shanahan tree, because that seems kind of like our Achilles heel as we can't beat the Niners. We can't beat these teams that uh, have a, a tree from them. We lost to the, the Dolphins. Um, Green Bay is, is another one there. So um, I think that we're going to see a better version of defense. Maybe we won't have the same heights as a Dan Quinn with all the turnovers. However, an average defense getting put on the field that is consistent, I think can go a long ways and helping this team and then after they get groomed and it, it might take a little bit kind of like the mike mccarthy offense um but once they get into that system and really understand what he is trying to implement it's going to go such a long way and i think that this team has the players right now add in the draft picks add in the free agency and i think we can make a run in this especially with a wide open nfc side and the niners they have to pay some guys the eagles they're looking at possibly letting some guys go. I, I know uh, Hassan Reddick requested a trade. So, um, you know, some of those teams might be getting a little bit worse and you have the potential to get better. So you got to do it now. Um, I wanted to bring up this, the familiar faces in new places. We obviously got, uh, 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 why did I almost say Khalil Shakir? Uh, we got Floyd. We've got Kellen Moore. We've got Joe Witt Jr., Aiden Dirt, uh, Dirty and um dan quinn and so what nfc east coaching hire would you consider the best out of those 
um, five right there. Obviously, uh, Aiden is is went to the Seahawks as their DC, so four really. But which one would you consider the best and the biggest loss to the Cowboys um, out of those three that left the team? Uh, Kelly, go ahead and start us off. Um. So, I, I, I don't honestly. When I talk about like a, a coach that we lost, like I don't know, man. I didn't. I didn't really. I, I was kind of, I looked at this defense and I didn't really see anybody that I wanted to keep. I thought we kept the guys that I wanted to keep. So I can't really say that, that I thought there was a loss there. So, mm. um, you know, I look at what the Cowboys did and I think that, I think that we made the, you know, in the, in the long run, I think we made the best hire because our defense was the one that, that looked the worst in the biggest of moments. So, I mean, me personally, I think that we made the best hire because we made the change. We were like, all right, we got to make a change. We can't run this back as constructed. And um, so, I mean, not to try to play a cop out here, but I like, I like what we did. I like, I like bringing in Zimmer and I like getting rid of the guys that we got, because I mean, you know, the thing was, is if you keep, uh, Dan Quinn's guys, a lot of his guys around, not said like, I like Al Harris. I think he was a great, I think I was, I like the fact that we blocked him from, from, from going to interview with Washington. I don't want them stealing him away, but I mean, I didn't really, um, you know, I didn't really have any issue with, with the guys that left. I was, I was fine with that. I'm, I'm on board with what we did. I thought that was the best move. So you would rather have Mike Zimmer than Joe Witt Jr. Me personally. Yes, I was, I was fine with that. I, I was fine with that. I thought, I thought that I just, I thought it was a lot of, I thought a lot of Quinn's guys have his principles same. and kind of, yeah. and kind of the same philosophies. And I didn't want that on this team. And I didn't want to take a chance of that. I thought that we needed a change and we needed something different and we needed something new, whether that was Zimmer or, or Rex Ryan or, you know, or just, just anybody else. So I wasn't, I wasn't really heartbreaking or banging my head against the wall that we lost with. No. If you had to pick one of those hires for the other team that you thought was the best, whether it's Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn, Joe Witt, who would you say for those other teams you have the most trust in I being a probably, good coach? I would, I would probably say, I would probably say Witt and, and, and with him and him and Quinn, just because I do think that, you know, I'm not going to sit there and take away from Quinn and what he's done throughout his time. And I think that, you know, Witt is a, was one of his guys and he's going to bring along some of his toughness and, and stuff like that. But so I think I, I would go there because with, for me personally, like Kellen Moore is not, I, I don't really have much confidence in Kellen Moore and I don't think that they really put him, I, I don't see him having much success working with, with Jalen Hurts. Maybe that's just me because I hate the Eagles, but if I have to go with anybody, I'm going to say Quinn and, uh, and Witt with Washington. Cause I think that they can do some things for that team. But also the reason that I think they can do things with that team is because of how horrible of a shape Washington's in, right? You can pretty much only go up from where those guys are at. So I yeah. think that they'll have a more immediate impact. Whereas I think these other guys have got a more uphill battle because, you know, you look at a guy like Kellen Moore, the, the Eagles granted their offense had struggles, but I mean, this is a team that ultimately still won, you know, double digit games last year. So that's it's going to be more of a challenge for him to make an impact on that team than it will be for Witt and you know Dan Quinn. Absolutely, and I think that also another thing that has to be said about Dan Quinn is he brings over players that are familiar with his scheme. So you can expect a J. Ron Curse, a Dante Fowler to jump ship and go to the Commanders because that's what he does. Yeah. Um, so he he's going to have some guys that already know what he wants to implement there. 
And uh, like you said, they can only kind of go up. So, uh, yeah. Mike, did you have a favorite hire or did you kind of just think kind of what Kelly thought about this? Yeah, thing? I mean, I just, yeah, we don't need to take a lot of time. It was just addition by subtraction. I don't mean that in a negative way. I just think something had to change. They weren't going to change yeah. the quarterback. They didn't change the coach. You can't come back and run this back with everything the way it was. I mean, that just, you have to change up something. So I just think it was more addition by subtraction. I, you know, I think Witt's good. I think Quinn's good. I think he'll do, a, you know, the best job he can in Washington. That's not, a, you know, that's asking a lot. But hey, just real quick, just shout out to Mark Holmes, Cowboys content legend, is hanging out with us, you know, yep. watching the show. And I gave my age, and he said, he said I'm just a baby. So I appreciate it because some people who hate on me, some of them call me grandpa when I do my videos. So I appreciate someone thinking I still feel young. So I appreciate some love. So thank you. There you go. Shout out to Mark. Um, there was somebody that brought up, do you think that we should bring on a Steve Wilkes, which was the former DC uh, for the 49ers, um, known for a lot of different stints as a secondary coach in the NFL. He was with the Panthers for some time, a few other teams, a, a, a long track record in college. Um, so would you bring him on to any capacity, Mike? Um, or do you kind of think, you know? I would. I would one only because San Francisco, that code, they did them dirty, threw them under the bus yeah. and waited till all the job. Cause they knew they knew to get a DC job somewhere. And they, they kind of waited and waited and waited. I think that was nasty. And he's a great coach. You saw what he did. Their defense was, was good. He's always been good where he's at solid defensive coordinator. I think you bring him in as a defensive, you know, assistant coach, you know, head coach or whatever they title, you got to give them to make them, you know, make them feel good. But bringing him on, if you can get great, great coaches, uh, you can never have enough of them. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, my man, uh, Barry Grant Jr. Yeah, I think, um, I think wit has potential to be good. Right. But it, it's, it's, it's yet to be seen. So he's going to get the opportunity to be able to spread his wings and show his real talent with, with the commanders. Now he could end up being one of the best coordinators or young coordinators out there, whatever. Like, you know what I mean, we have to see it first. Um, the best hire I think out of everything was Kellen Moore. Thank you, Philadelphia Eagles for sinking your season before it even started. I appreciate it. This is great. Yeah, if you if you thought that Jalen Hurst looked worse before, oh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I love the turnaround. Now they're they're fans that dog Kellen Moore and yeah. dogged him so much. Now they got to kind of turn their you know right he was so bad. You know, with the cow, he was yeah. a dad. Knows what hurts, so it's just fun if, to listen. If, to if back if backpedaling was a sport, Philadelphia <laughs> would win every year. Oh man, that's that's awesome. Um, that's a that's a good point. Is it? Yeah, I mean, he runs a lot of the same route concepts on um, certain plays, which muddles things up in specific parts of the field, and that's not good for a quarterback that already has problems reading different levels of the field, right. um, unless he's you know rolling out of the pocket. Um, anyways, we'll bring this back up. Based on the coaching hire slash changes, what do you team or what team do you think has the best shot of knocking off the Cowboys for the division next year? If any, we'll start with my guy, Mike Tag. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, I still think it's Philly, right? I mean, I don't think the Giants are there. I don't think Washington's there. Philly's going to be – they'll be a thorn. Um, but, you know, to Barry's point, they got Kellen Moore, so that's probably a good thing, you know, good thing for us. So uh, that's who I would probably go with Philly. Sorry, I had to grab myself another brisket no, here, boys. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
go ahead and uh, uh, roll on that uh, same thought, Kelly. Um, I gotta agree. Just from a just from a talent standpoint, um, you know, also Philadelphia. I think in, unless um, something drastically changes at the you know at some of the most fundamental positions, which is quarterback for either one of those teams, whether it be New York or Washington. Dallas and Philly got the best two quarterbacks in the division. And that's what you, that's, you need franchise quarterbacks and Washington doesn't have one. New York doesn't have one. So I think that it's, it's gotta be Philly. Um, if you just look at things objectively, even though I'd love to say it'd be somebody besides them, but I think it will still be a two man race next year between Dallas and Philly. Yeah. And Barry. Yeah. I mean, um, I agree with, with, with Mike and, and Kelly, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's Philly. They still have a lot of talent. They still are going to be very good. Um, they're still going to give us fits, and we're going to give them fits, and it's going to be a neck-and-neck neck race to the top of the division, and then we're going to beat up on the rest of the teams that are in the division. So, you know, that's that's kind of how it's been over the last few seasons, and I think it's going to remain that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that the only um, wrench that could be thrown in this whole thing is, is like Kelly mentioned, the commanders get a quarterback, and right. he, play, he balls out, kind of has a similar season to a C.J. Stroud this year, so... It's looking probably like Drake May, um, but you know you can't completely rule out the Caleb Williams ties to a Cliffs Kingberry. That's the uh, OC there at at, uh, at Washington now. Um, so we'll see. You know they they could make an offer and jump up there uh, to the to the number one overall pick. Um, my guy Kai zero zero one says, were there any college defensive coordinators that you guys think would have been a nice fit if the Cowboys wanted to go that route? I don't watch too much college, but I know that the Michigan um, uh, DC went on and followed, I believe, um, um, why am I, Harbaugh, um, yeah. to, uh, to uh, why did I almost say San Francisco, um, LA. So that was the only one that I really know a lot about. Um, and then somebody else brought up, um, uh, I don't know where that comment went. We'll just go to the next thing. Sorry, guys. Um, and then, were you okay with losing Dan Quinn and or Joe Witt Jr.? We kind of already talked about that. It didn't seem like um, any of us were completely, um, you know, at a loss of words for losing either of those guys. You know, we we said it earlier on the podcast that, I mean, you had to make some kind of change at those positions. Not, not necessarily Joe Witt Jr. because I think that the Cowboys really did want him as the D.C., However, Dan Quinn, I don't know why they were dragging their feet. Like, excuse me, like Kelly mentioned, um, that should have been after that that loss, and you figured out what you were doing with Mike McCarthy. I think that the writing was on the wall for Dan Quinn. You just honestly had to fire him. Maybe there was a little bit of holdup because he is beloved by the players. Um, but man, you can't continue to do the same thing over and over and over and expect a different results. So um, did anybody else have any comments on that or you just want to roll? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did put out a tweet on Twitter that was asking for some questions and my guy urban cowboy said, considering we have a good mix of young players blossoming and aging vets. Do you feel assuming a DAC extension happens? We could truly reach a point in the near future where we go back to five wins and enter a true rebuild. I feel like we're constructed to win now, but it seems McClay has built this roster well to be sustainable for years to come. So do you think that there is a possibility of a rebuild in the next five years? Or do you think that, we're going to continue to chug along like we have and compete in this division, maybe continuing to, 
to falter in the playoffs, but we're always going to be right there. Uh, Barry, go ahead and start us off, man. Yeah, I think the only way that you see it go into a full-on rebuild um, is if Dak starts to have some real health issues after this extension, right? Like if he signs the extension and then we're set up and he starts to erode physically, that's when you, you'll probably see the organization have to decide to make a switch, right? And say, okay, we're not going anywhere. It's not looking like he's going to get any better because he continuously gets hurt. What's the point of continuing going down this road? So that, that's the only reason, that, that's the only way I can see this actually happening. I think as long as they have Dak, as long as they're paying him the money that they're going to be paying him, they're always going to try to be competitive and try to see how they can be able to kind of retool the team on the fly without necessarily going to a full rebuild. Yeah. Kelly. Yeah, I agree. I don't think, I don't think that, um, I don't think that they're going to have to worry about doing a rebuild. I mean, this is a Cowboys got like, I think it's the second youngest team in the league. Um, so when you look at that from a talent standpoint, I mean, as long as they're able to retain, a lot of his talent, which I mean, I don't see any reason why they not look like they'll be able to, you know, Dak's going to get a contract extension, which is going to open up CD lamb, uh, Michael Parsons. You're going to be able to, you've already got, you know, Trayvon locked up. Um, hopefully they can get a deal work uh, in the future with bland to keep him on. But I mean, this Cowboys team tends to draft pretty well. So they, you know, they keep finding these gyms in the later rounds, um, you know, and they keep, they've been able to consistently do that. I don't see unless Will McClay, you know, goes away. I don't really see that changing in the near future. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think we'll keep competing. The thing is, you know, obviously as we all want to see is want to see us get over the hump, but when you listen, you know, I, it, when the, when the season first ended and I saw the way it ended, you know, I, obviously I wanted to blow the whole thing up. That's my first reaction. Get rid of everybody. Send them all yep. back and cut, cut Dak, fire Quinn, fire McCarthy. You know, you want everybody gone. It's an emotional time. Right. And, and a lot of the Cowboys, former players kind of had that same sentiment, but after a while you start listening to them talk and you start hearing some of the people talk and even, even, even people that don't like the Cowboys and they start talking about it and saying, you know, this Cowboys team is is pretty close. They're close. They're, they're close. They need to figure some things out. There are a few mm. pieces away, but, you know, I know we would all rather win the Super Bowl, want to win the Super Bowl every year. That's that's what that's the goal. But it's really it's really something hard to do. And it's something you have to build towards. And it's it's a process. Right. So, yeah, you know, I, I understand that. And I just, you know, unfortunately, things can't happen as fast. I want them to happen a little bit quicker. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think we're. I'd rather be heading this direction than than taking steps backwards to where, you know, we had a 12-1 season this year, then the next year it's down to 10, and then the next year you're winning nine. And, you know, the thing about, you know, with, with Dak, his whole career is every year he's at a, he's at a winning yeah. season. So not too many teams well, can look at their quarterback and their team overall and say, hey, since 2016 – you know, but besides the year Dak got injured, be like we're we're having a winning season and we're can we're into the playoffs pretty much every single year and competing for the division. So I mean that is something. I mean obviously we all want more, but it's it's I'd take that over the trending backwards because I honestly I'm looking at the Eagles right now and even though I say it's a two man race, I think the Eagles are starting to take steps backwards. And granted mm -hmm. that yeah they did make it the Super Bowl, but they didn't win the Super Bowl. And now they're starting to take trends backwards because they've paid their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, all that money. And now it's kind of hard for them to start filling some of them roster spots. They don't have that rookie QB deal no more. So now they're dealing with it. Whereas I think the Cowboys have dealt with it pretty good with how they paid Dak and still been able to compete. 
Yeah. No, and you make a good point about the Cowboys continually making the playoffs. Ultimately, I think that's what allowed Mike McCarthy to keep his job is because we've seen a Jason Garrett in here going eight and eight, you know, making the playoffs, losing, going, you know, continually to flip flop season after season based on their strength of schedule. Whereas Mike McCarthy stays pretty consistent and he's always has the team competing. We just have to have more playoff success. The best way to have playoff success is to get to the playoffs. So, um, I didn't have a problem with retaining Mike, um, you know, to answer the question a little bit. I think that, you know, realistically, I don't see a rebuild in the future as long as Dak deal does get done because Dak is a top 10 quarterback. If you have a top 10 quarterback, you are always going to be competing for the playoffs or for your division, in my opinion, unless that guy gets hurt. So um, I don't see the rebuild coming. Um, however, I do understand some of those Cowboys fans that that saw what Kansas City did, and they had a good quarterback in Alex Smith, and, they, and he was making the playoffs, but they saw something in Patrick Mahomes to say, listen, maybe we should use a first-round pick on this guy that we think can be special. We have all the pieces. Let's go invest, give him a year, and then see what he can do. And we've seen Green Bay have the same type of mentality, taking their quarterback a little bit earlier than they probably should. But it seems like it's worked again with Jordan Love. So um, you got to take a page out of some other franchises' uh, books to an extent. Um, but quite frankly, as you said, I'm more interested in continually making the playoffs than going flip-flopping and the possibility of maybe getting one of those guys because you have to have really, really, really good talent evaluators to nail a quarterback. That is the hardest position to nail in the draft process anyways. So to just expect that you're going to get somebody better than Dak is kind of a false hope in my opinion. Uh, we'll throw it over here to Mike to answer the question as well. Yeah, no, and, and I mean, just to kind of echo what you guys said, I mean, Dak Prescott, we we understand. We understand where the issues are in the playoffs, but he's, I mean, he was second in the MVP, you know, voting. I mean, it is what it is, but I think they need to maybe push him, bring some competition in. I think competition breeds out excellence, and I think it's something that you guys, you know, that they could do. Uh, I think they've kind of coddled him a little bit. I think they need to push him a little bit more. Maybe, you know, McCarthy, first year under system, you know, he had, he had his best year. He had his best year ever. But like Dak, you know, is like every other quarterback not named Mahomes. He's going to have to get some help. And what I mean by that, it was the running game. I mean, you look at the running game, it was non-existent for most of the year. I mean, it, you had, you know, you couldn't get short yardage. You couldn't get the dirty yards. You couldn't sustain drives through the run. You couldn't do anything. And if you can't run the ball, like I said, and even Mahomes, I mean, I would have bet my paycheck halfway through the year. There's no way in hell Kansas City's going to the Super Bowl. But what happened? Obviously, you got Mahomes, which is a good thing. But Pacheco started running the ball. They started to get that running game going and started, and, and things happened. And that defense, man. And the defense. But I mean, yeah. the defense for Dallas was good when we had the lead. You know, when we that that's what our defense strength was. Yeah. That's what Quinn was good at. When he had to make adjustments, he couldn't. So I don't know about all the rebuild. I don't know in the NFL today if you rebuild. I don't I mean, you look at Houston, you know, did they rebuild? They they made the playoffs the next year. You look at these teams yeah. that have these big years, they go down and then they go back up. I think with free agency and and the salary cap and everything, it's almost like reloading. You either take a step back and then you can reload. It's like someone put in the chat, Washington has $80 million of cap space. If they want to go make something happen and make some noise, they, they have their ability to do it. But do you have the organization that's going to spend the money and it's going to want to do that? But, you know, Dak Prescott, 
is, I mean, you move on from him and go get Chad Hutchinson and Drew Henson and go down that that list that we had those years. Be very careful what you wish for. Or be Cleveland. Uh, or be or Cleveland. Cleveland. How many quarterbacks yeah, I mean, they, have they gone through? They paid Deshaun yeah. Watson and this and that. Dak is still a top quarterback, and as long as you have a top quarterback, you're going to pretty much be in the playoffs or at least in contention every single year. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my guy, Barry Grant Jr. has to jump off. Uh, us three are going to continue to roll, but I want to let him uh, shout out his socials and stuff one more time. Uh, give it, Honestly, if you guys are sports fans, go check out his show. He has such great content on all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, um, posts his stuff up on Spotify, all that stuff. So please do check him out. He's a great content creator and more than just the Cowboys field. Go ahead, Barry. Nah, listen, I appreciate being on you with you guys, man. This was fun. And hopefully I get invited again so we could talk more Cowboys, man, because this was cool. Um, but yep. yeah, definitely catch me on all on all social media platforms, all even podcasts. Um, you know, hopefully you guys like my stuff. If not, you can always drop me a comment and say I suck as well. Um that <laughs> hey, I, I always like to have some 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 uh, conversations with the people that are in the comments. So um, you know, like I said, this was fun, man. Uh salute to everybody, Mike Tag, Kelly, EJ. Um, you know. This was fun. So hopefully we could do it again soon. Absolutely, Absolutely man. man. Nice Peace out. All right, guys. Later. Hi. Hey, and real quick to answer a question I seen. I don't know if he's still sticking around in the chat, but I saw Mark Holmes ask if I was going to go to the draft in Detroit. I wasn't originally planning to, but I'm actually thinking that I do want to try to get. To, it's not too far from me. It's only 12 hours. So I think I'm actually currently trying to plan going to the draft in Detroit. I know that's kind of a cold and nasty city, but I really enjoyed the draft in Kansas City last year. So, yes, Mark, I'm going to try to hit up that way. Yeah, let me know because I was going to do the Hall of Fame, but Darren Woodson didn't get, you know, he got screwed. So my son loved the draft. We had a great time. So I may may meet up with you out there. Yeah, yeah, it's an awesome time. That'll be fun. Um, I wanted to bring up this question. So Drew Fisher, go Cowboys or go boys. I'm sorry. Uh, Do you think that that's what they did with Trey Lance? hedging their bet, basically take uh, spending that fourth-round pick and trying to get a guy that they can groom, kind of in, in the Alex Smith-Mahomes-esque um, conversation kind of a thing. Um, if I could just say my opinion first, I think that they see that he's a very raw quarterback. They see that he has talent. He has all the tools to be very good. And you, and quite frankly, you have one of the better um, quarterback developers in the building in Mike McCarthy. He's been proven to do this with younger guys and and groom them into uh, you know starting caliber quarterbacks. Now, is that saying that Trey Lance is going to be better than Dak Prescott? Yeah. I probably would err on probably not. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those those things. Jerry Jones invested that fourth-round pick, and um, he's in the building. So develop the hell out of this kid. Continue to see him grow. Continue to get the grasp of the offense. And um, I, I don't see a world where Cooper Rush is on the roster this year. And that means that if we do continue to blow these teams out that are lesser teams, we will get to see some Trey Lance and see what we have in him. So um, we'll throw it over here to Kelly, and then he can answer the question as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you 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 know, you spend a, a pick, a fourth round pick like that on a on a QB. You don't you don't do it just to let them sit and waste on your roster. I mean, you yeah. invested you know 
that fourth round pick, I mean, you just look at some of the, you know, some of the guys that, you know, I mean, Dak Prescott, for example, is a fourth round pick. You can find, you can find gems in the fourth round. So, I mean, that's a value pick right there. So I absolutely think that they're trying to develop Trey Lance into something and whether he turns into something and then they leverage that into a, a, you know, try to trade and get something more than what they got for him, you know, maybe a third round or maybe a, 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 you know, second round pick or maybe another fourth round pick, who knows? But yeah, they're absolutely trying to develop Lance. And I think that, you know, organizationally, that's where the Cowboys have have kind of failed um, is not drafting a quarterback because, you know, I get it. Dak Prescott are, has been our guy, but I think you should always be trying to draft and develop uh, quarterbacks. I think it's just good practice. I think that, you know, to have a good guy behind there developing, learning, uh, you can turn him into something, leverage that into draft picks. Or if, heaven forbid, you want to move on from your quarterback, you know, uh, you can do that. I mean, the, the Cowboys aren't in a position to do that right now with Dak Prescott, even if they wanted to. If they wanted to move on from it, I, they're just not in a good position. I mean, you get those people that are out there that are steadfast. I know Ultra is one of them in the chat there who's very vocal about moving on from Dak Prescott. It's just not that easy, though. If you move on from Dak Prescott this year, it's a throwaway year. And I think you've got too much talent, too much youth on this team to just throw a season away because you're upset that your quarterback hasn't been able to, you know, he hasn't had a great postseason uh, in the post. He hasn't delivered in the postseason because especially with this year, you know, last year I look at it absolutely 110%. I really did put a lot of like 90% of that I put on Dak. I thought he, he made the turnovers, did not do us. He did us a disservice. This year, the defense couldn't stop anybody. So even if Dak would have, even if Dak would have not had a turnover, even, even if you take them seven points away, Green Bay's still beating us because our defense couldn't stop a nosebleed in that yeah, game. Yeah. So I just think that, yes, develop Trey Lance um, and continue to try to develop him. But I think, you know, it's, it's too this point it's too late you've got Dak Prescott you're going forward with Dak Prescott but at the same time Trey Lance you know pushing him giving him giving him reps and in, in training camp and and then the offseason and stuff trying to get him better that's what you want to do as an organization so and we'll see how that turns out yeah 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 Mike what was your thoughts on that I mean just just to just add on just a little bit because I agree with what Kelly said I mean it's just really going to be interesting to see how they how they how they set up the contract I mean that's going to tell you because I mean realistically if you want them to spend money and people want them to spend money they're going to have to extend Dak and they're going to have to you know resign or, or do a new contract for CD to to kind of get some money available now if they don't they can stay pat and you know stand stand where they're at and yep. just run with the same team and they're going to lose some guys and they're, they're over the cap and this and that. So, I mean, they just, it's going to be interesting to see how they do the contract, but I have no issues. I mean, I, I, to me, after the way the season ended, no job is safe. I I'd have no problem open competition with Lance and, and Dak and let the best man win. I have no problem with it, but the obviously money comes into effect. If they, if they sign to a huge deal and yeah. it's, and they don't have an out, then you're pretty much locked into them for you know for the time. So it's that's why I say it'd be interesting to see how the contract uh you know looks when it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah. that's an that's an interesting point because I mean Daniel Jones to an extent has an out right after this year. And uh you know everybody wants to clown on New York for giving him that contract, but they listened to their head coach. Brian Dable gave Daniel Jones the best season he had played thus far in his career, knocked down on the turnovers, upped his touchdowns. Everything was looking better. And I, I remember getting on before the season. I was telling Mike, like, 
Daniel Jones could be, you know, continuing to go up and up. Obviously, it didn't work out like that, but they 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 made that contract where they did have that out after the two years. So maybe we do see something like that with Dak. Um, yeah. We'll move on here to this next question. Are there any offseason moves that would make you feel uh, confident about this team's chance at a playoffs at playoff success? Or do you think we go in with low expectations and just hope for the best uh, once again? I think we've already kind of talked about it. The Chris Jones thing would be huge. Legereus Sneed has been linked to the team a little bit. Patrick Queen has been brought up. Um, uh, DJ Reader is a person that I would be interested in. Um, is there anybody um, outside of those names that you guys are heavily interested in or do you kind of feel like build to the draft go ahead mike no i mean linebacker like i know devin white and obviously queen i mean they need we need someone at linebacker like a leader a leader yeah. at linebacker i mean you look at all the great teams they always had someone at linebacker you, you know the one the one miss we have is we've got our own ken norton jr headed to washington to be the the linebackers coach with with uh you know, with, with, with Dan Quinn over there. So that breaks my heart to see him wearing Washington gear, but uh, I, we need some dogs. And that's what I said. We need to bring, especially at the linebacker, you, you know, we need somebody in there that's going to make their presence known and that's going to help with accountability and, and be a leader on that defense. That's what I want to see. And, and that's why I say echo the all in, all in. It don't mean nothing. I need to see actions speak louder than words. And I want to see what they're, what they're going to do in free agency, not the draft. I don't want to hear about the draft. I want free agency. I want to know who they're going to bring in that's got some championship pedigree and a, and a mentality that, to help get this this team over the hump. Yeah. Kelly? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I did not just point to one. I think we've kind of talked talked about them and stuff. But, I mean, as far as, like, you know, as free agents, you know, I, I want I want, definitely want them to be aggressive in the free agency period. Um, I don't think we can afford to – sit back and chill. I talked to Mike. I said, I'm going to be, if within the first 24 hours, if I don't hear some names getting linked to Dallas in terms of, Hey, they're coming in for, for, you know, they're coming to Dallas to visit. Like if I don't hear that in the first 24 hours, I'm going to start getting pissed. <laughs> I don't want the Dallas Cowboys to, because the thing is, it, you know, I would like we were talking about, obviously free agency doesn't begin till what is it? Is it March? I can't keep forgetting. Is it March 13th, 14th, somewhere around there? I know it's an but It happens before the draft, though. I yeah. do, but I do know that when free agency begins, there's a lot of guys that are already have deals in place. I mean, they're not technically allowed to, to, you know, to start signing people until the start of free. But right, you know, the week of, there's teams that are in talks with guys. They just can't yeah. really release those because you see it all the time. Free agency begins at midnight. And you've got guys getting the next day. You've got this guy's getting signed. This guy's getting signed. This guy. I mean, it happens like that. It mm -hmm. happens quick because that's yeah. how the NFL. That's how it moves. You better get. You better get on it. So if you've got guys on here that you want. You've got guys targeted. You better be on it like immediately. So that's what I look forward with the Cowboys and free and, agency. And I will say, I hope they address the running back position through free agency. I, yes, you know, yes. there's been a lot of talk about Derrick Henry. I'm on board with Derrick Henry. I'm on board with him getting a guy that's a proven guy that you can come in there and there can be a big physical, I mean, you know, bruising kind of guy um, that can be more of a kind of a bully to push you around. I'd, I'd be all on board with the Derrick Henry signing. So, yeah, from what I understand, I think that the, the um, agents 
can be in contact with the teams and talking and stuff like that. If, if the players have a checklist of like, hey, I want to be a starter, I want to be in a 4-3 scheme, I wanted this, 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 the agent right. figures out all of that stuff, puts the name out and throws it out to the teams and, you know, sees if there's a nibble on it. So um, all of that stuff moves really quick. You got to be willing to go and search for your guys if you want them. Uh, I think Mike Zimmer has to be vocal in in assessing the team where it's at right now and understanding, okay, this is what we have. What we have is good and these facets of the game, but I need a linebacker. I need a big defensive tackle, one tech. I need this. I need that. And and willing, I know that this is, you know, it's his job right here because it's a one-year, basically, one-year deal if Mike McCarthy gets fired, basically. But you have to be vocal knowing our team wasn't good enough. That version was not good enough on defense. We have to fill the holes before the draft ever starts. You want to fill those holes. And obviously, you can't get all of the super names, the Patrick Queens, Chris Jones, all everybody. You can't get everybody, but you can get damn good players regardless, and they can help your team instantly. So, um, you know, that's one of the things that I think that the Cowboys need to be adamant about during free agency, kind of like Mike was saying. Um, we'll go on to the next one. Uh, what does Jerry's quote of all in really mean to you? And uh, what moves slash signings would he uh, would show he is for real? Um, I We kind of answered this in, in a roundabout way earlier. Um, but, you know, all in to me means that you're being aggressive, not only in the draft, but also in free agency. You're going out and you're signing a big name free agent, not somebody that's 35 that used to have a name like a Gerald McCoy. I'm talking a guy that is a dog right now, today, that is going to get his money from his team or you're going to go and beat his team's price and get him on your team. That's what I want to see in free agency. And then I want to see in the draft, I want to see aggressiveness. If your guy is so much better than the other guys you have in your stack, let's talk about a... Um, a Jackson Powers Johnson, if he's your number one center and you see that you have to get above certain teams, leverage some of your draft to go get the player that you that you believe in that can help and instantly impact for your team. Um, I want to see both of those those uh, aggressive natures in the draft and free agency. Uh, Mike, do you kind of feel the same way or, or? Yeah, no, I mean it's you know it's like I said they you got to see some in free agency. I mean that's all into me. Is is making serious signings that are going to improve the team now, and not some has beens. I, I want to see it, I, like you said. I want to see some guys that, that that can bring it now. That's what it, that that that'll show me something. I don't want the draft. I don't want them. Yeah, you know, I want to have a good draft, but they always put this pressure on these draft picks, and they never get anyone. I mean, yeah, they got Gilmore, and that was nice. And Cooks, I'll give them their kudos for that. But they have got to be more aggressive in in free agency. They haven't been in a long time. And all we hear about, oh, well, the Brandon Carr, you know, ever since that one, they've been gun shy. Yeah. Man, don't give me that yeah. shit, man. Go yeah. in there. And that's what I get envious of some of these other teams is they find a way and they get it done. I mean, you look at, you know, what the Rams did. You look, obviously, what the Bucks did. You look at what these teams going to the Super Bowl, what they did. And we just sit back and we're just, yeah, well, we're going to build through the drafts, our philosophy. We're going to do that. Well, it's been 30 years. <laughs> it ain't working. Let's try something else, right? Yep. Yeah, Kelly. Well, absolutely, I, I I agree. As like I said, I mean, you just you you look for this team to not do the same old, same old, which is 
kick the tires on some dude that's on his fourth or fifth team and you're thinking, ah, maybe you need, or this guy that ah, maybe he needs a fresh start. He was a former first round pick, but he absolutely did squat on this other team. And what we're going to take a shot on him and maybe he will work out. Maybe he won't, you know, it's the same old thing. It's like, you know, the, the Cowboys are like that guy that goes and looks at, you know, goes and looks at all the brand new cars, the, the, the top cars, the top rated cars, but then they ended up at a buy here, pay here lot. And that, and they, and they try to sell us on that, you know, on that car. They're like, we well, this car used to be really good though. Used to be really good. They don't, what they don't tell you is that it's got a, it's got an oil leak and the transmission's slipping a little bit. Right. Um, so I just, I want the Cowboys to not do the same stuff that they've been doing. Go and get me some proven guys. Go get me some guys that are, that are winners. Go get me some guys that we know are going to come in and they're going to be impact guys that we're going to be talking about at the end of the season and say, these are the key moves that put the Cowboys into mm. the Super Bowl or into the NFC championship game. These are the moves that the Cowboys made because you can, you, I mean, you can look at a team like a San Francisco and when they went out and got aggressive and decided they're going to go get Christian McCaffrey, when you went out and they grabbed a guy last year from Philly and Hargraves and signed him. And you look at the moves that they made and you can say, even though they didn't win the Super Bowl, you can say, those are the, those are the moves that put them in the Super Bowl. That's what put them over the top. That's what yep. made yep. them better than the rest of the teams in the, in the NFC, or you can, you know, um, I wouldn't really say Kansas City because they didn't really make a whole bunch of moves. They were criticized for their lack thereof, but they got to. I mean, you got to think about this, though, is Kansas City was had a contract dispute with Chris Jones this offseason. Yeah. So and, and they made that work and said, look, look buy into this. And we're going to take you to the promised land. You just got to buy into this defense. And early on, their safety, Reed was like, man, this defense has the potential to be really, really good. Yeah. They all bought into it. They all bought into Spags. And they went and were one of the best defenses and held it down for the offense that couldn't catch a cold early on in the season. Like Mike said earlier, wouldn't have bet, would have bet his entire paycheck that yep. they wouldn't make it to the Super Bowl. Not even win it. Just wouldn't even make it to the Super Bowl. So it's one of those things, man. You got to have players that buy in. And you got to be willing to go out there and get some players as well. So um, let's bring up this question. Uh, with the new DC in place, Zimmer, uh, what do you expect from the defense this upcoming season? Um, which I guess brings up the question kind of like, how do you expect him to use Micah? Do you feel like he's going to be using a little bit more linebacker role? Um, you know, is he going to be primarily at the end? Or is it kind of a wait and see game? Um, whether or not we can get the, the appropriate pieces in here um, to play linebacker and defensive tackle and, you know, kind of a wait-and-see game. Uh, Kelly, go ahead. I I think that their plan for Micah, and I think that this is I, – I think he stays – I think he stays where he's at. I think he stays at that defensive end position. I don't really see them kind of moving him to the, to the more hybrid role. I know that's kind of been a hot topic. Um but I think that, well, I think one, I think Micah knows that he can get the biggest bag playing defensive end. And that's not saying that that's not saying anything bad about Micah Parsons, but I mean, if he's, if he, if he's playing a little bit more linebacker and that, you know, that's a little more contract leverage type deal. Well, linebackers don't get paid as much defensive ends, this, that, whatever. I think he's still going to get paid, but I think they like him where he's at. Um, I mean, I think, 
I think you can utilize him and, and kind of move him around. But I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with him being at that defensive end position. I think what the problem is, is that we don't really have anybody generating pressure on the other side or up the middle. And the problem is, you know, we got a guy like Demarcus Lawrence on the other side that has been talked about and heralded as the, you know, he's a great run stopper, which he is, and he creates pressures, but he's not getting sacks. And I think you can find a guy off the edge that can do both, that can, you know, that can be good against the run and sack the quarterback because when Mike is getting double teamed and sometimes triple teamed, there has to be somebody off the other side of that line that mm. can get to the quarterback. And we just haven't consistently seen that happen on this defensive line. So, you know, that's, it's one of the reasons why I think that, you know, a Chris Jones would be a great move or, you know, also, I think that the Cowboys should look at drafting another edge pass rusher uh, in the draft um, with the first couple of picks because I think that they could use that. Um, this another guy coming off the the other end. So uh, I, I like Micah at that end. I mean, any, anytime you can get a guy that can consistently get double-digit sacks every year, I don't really know that it's a smart idea to move him from that position. I think it's smart just keep him there, let him keep doing what he's doing, but I think he needs some help on the other side of that defensive line. Yeah, I mean, realistically, Dan Quinn's philosophy for getting pressures was utilizing a lot of stunts. Stunts yeah. take time to develop. You're at that. I mean, sure, you have one of the fastest players in the league with Michael Parsons, and sure, he got sacks off of stunts because it helps him not have to be, you know, fighting through double teams and triple teams. But if, but if that's at a hindrance to your other players on the uh, on the defensive line. Is it really at a uh, at a net plus for your entire defense? Is is my kind of question. So, uh, uh, Mike Zimmer is one of those guys that isn't afraid to bring blitzes from safeties, from cornerbacks. He's aggressive with his DBs. Um, I expect less stunts from him and more just regular straight up uh, pressures. Um, you know, just sending four and expecting your back half to because, like I said, he is a special uh, a secondary specialist coach um you know giving different looks on the back end which confuses the quarterback slows down that internal clock and and allows your your true pass rushers to get in there and, and do work um so for me i think that that dan quinn philosophy shift from all the stunts and stuff is going to go a long way with the the d law sack numbers coming back up in my opinion but go ahead mike yeah i mean i i would just say you know kelly and i had james washington on you know, two-time Super Bowl champ with the Cowboys and the team of the 90s. And we talked about the defense. We talked about Parsons. And he said, you know, what do dogs do? They hunt. And you got you got to let your dogs hunt. And you don't yeah. worry. You know, he said, Charles Haley, when, uh, you know, when he was with the Cowboys, you know, they knew he wasn't going to contain. It was up to the guys behind him to take care of it. His job was get to the quarterback. And I think with, you know, so I'll listen to James Washington and say that, We've got to do whatever it takes to just let Micah Parsons hunt and and just get to the quarterback, and you know it's it's up to our linebackers and it's up to the safeties to make sure that that they protect him, um, you know, on containment and things like that. Because I know we got criticized a little bit for that, you know, during the year. So I just that's just my opinion of it. I'll I'll, I'll take James's words for it and and follow his lead. Absolutely. We're going to bounce here into this last question uh, from Twitter, and then we're going to – I think we got a phone call coming up. So um, what will it take for the Jones family to put their egos aside and put the team first and hire an actual GM to run the team? 
for me, I think Will McClay is it. He is the GM. Truthfully, I think that that's what Jerry Jones tells him. Like, hey, we're we're following you. Obviously, the owner for any team has final say. I, I mean, I think that a lot of people get that construed and and think that the owners just step back and don't ever have a say in anything. I guarantee. If the Chiefs wanted to trade Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes right now, they would go to the owner and, and get it okayed. So, I mean, he has a say in everything. Now, whether or not he is the prime, you know, guy pulling the strings and the shots on a lot of the moves, I don't necessarily think it is. I think it's more Stephen Jones. Um, and that's where it's like, you know, does it get any better because he's going to inherit this stuff and it does he kind of take a back seat even though he's been in that role like you can't ask for something to happen that's probably not going to happen like should they probably take a step back and not be so buddy buddy with players and stuff like that and be more of a true owners of the team and let will mcclay take over the gm position and, and really pull the strings and stuff like that sure but i don't really think it's realistic mike what are your thoughts on this yeah, that's never going to happen. And I mean, that's the problem with, you know, if you're going to, you know, with the culture of the Cowboys, that's that's where it's at. I mean, I've said it a million times, you know, I'm in business. I mean, all those jobs and, you know, we always have a boss and the boss has a boss. And if if I can jump over my boss to get to the boss's boss with no problem, that that just kind of makes it makes it bad. It cuts the legs under 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 my boss and it, it just creates a culture. Uh, that becomes a problem. And and I just think that's always been the issue with the Cowboys. You got to remember back when J when Jerry, you know, first bought the team, he was trying to get his money back. They, you know, had a lot of debt. They weren't able to make, you know, they're struggling to make payroll sometimes. So his focus was getting this team profitable where Jimmy did everything for player personnel. He was the GM. He did everything. And then once the winning started and the money rolled in, Jerry wanted his, you know, wanted his kudos and wanted to be part of it. And I think that's obviously where the divide started for them. But that's the constant problem for the Cowboys. It's never going to change. That's why I always say the Cowboys got to win in spite. They got to win in spite of it. And I'm not saying anything bad about Jerry. I love him as an owner. I think he's funny. I think all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you wish that, you know, there's days that I, I look at the organizations of some of these other teams. and I'm like, man, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of what you guys got. I mean, we got the glam and we got all the fun, but we're, we're, we're not getting that hardware to, to show for it lately. And all we got to do mm -hmm. is think back to the team's past and think of all this kind of stuff. And I want my kid and Kelly's kid and, and your kid when they're, when, when they can, you know, everyone can all realize it to, to know what it's like to have a Super Bowl championship. I remember it. Uh, and I am mad that I didn't appreciate it as much as I did because it was felt like it was going to be a given. We're going to be there every year. And then when it ended, it ended so abruptly, and people forget it. Was, the window was pretty short. It wasn't this, you know, ten year run. It was it was about a five year really legit run they had, and then the wheels just started falling off with everything else. So I mean, it, you know, that's that's my thing. Is it's not going to change. They got to win in spite of them, and uh, I sure hope they do. Yeah. Kelly, you have any comments on this? Uh, I don't think that – I think that it's a family-run business, and I think that it's going to stay that way. I think for as long as, as I'm around, I don't think that's going to change. I don't – I you know, I know a lot of people that are like, well, when, you know, when Jerry passes away, which I think that's kind of a morbid thought to think about, but people do think about it. They think when Jerry <laughs> passes away, you know, 
things will change organizationally. I, I don't think that. I think I think Steven's the same as Jerry, and I think it actually might be worse than Jerry. I think we may be wishing for Jerry uh, when when it's time for Steven to run this thing because, I mean, Steven's the one, and I'm granted it didn't come back to bite us. You know, he didn't really do much with Denver, but I mean, Steven's the one that botched the whole Randy Gregory deal. We're sitting there and we have a contract, and it was the lettering in the contract, and that was a whole Steven Jones thing. If that was Jerry, I mean, that deal would have got done and signed. I mean, they even said as much afterwards. And I think Jerry was kind of upset about the way that that went down. Um, so, I mean, Steven Jones seems like he's a little bit more of, of a, of a a little bit more cheaper. He's always talking about the money and, you know, and this and that or whatever. And so I don't know, man, I think, I don't know that we'll ever hire a GM. I think, I think Mike tried, I think we got to win in spite of him. And, you know, hopefully sooner than later, um, because, you know, who knows what that'll look like if, uh, if, and when, you know, Steven takes the reins full time and Jerry's gone. Yeah. Then you'll give Jerry, I'll just say he cares. He cares. Yeah. I mean, you see the emotion, well, you see everything after a lot. I mean, I'll give him that he cares. I mean, he means well, he's just, it's just, yeah, he can't help himself. Well, yeah. I think I got Jerry. Jerry's calling in right now. Um, hold on. I think slow. Hold on. Jerry, are you there? Hey, hello, Larry J. How the hell are you? Hey man, I'm good. I'm, I'm so glad you could do this for us. Um, Absolutely. Man, just talk about this team. What what can we do to get over the hump? I know you want to see a Super Bowl just as much as us fans. Jerry, how do we do this, man? Well, anytime you're talking about building a championship roster here, uh, you know, organizationally, uh, there are certain things that you look for. Uh, first thing is uh, the money right? It all starts with the money. And how can I make, well, no, not sorry, not how I can make money, how this team can generate enough money to go around to get the right players in to contribute towards this team, right? And uh, I've talked about the pie and that there's only so much pie. Uh, but I think fans are starting to smarten up now and understand that uh, it's kind of a pie buffet. Right. This whole salary cap thing can be manipulated. It can be twisted. Um, you know, I mean, hell, you, you've seen me uh, talk about uh, and talk in circles now for uh, about 28 years. Um, and uh, sometimes people call my bluff. So now I think it's really time to go all in and uh, and just, you know, the buck stops here. Get down to brass tacks and. Uh, and uh, not to be trite, but uh, pull this cake out the oven and get it ready to eat. Mike, do you have a question for Jerry, man? I just really want to know, Jerry, the talk of the running back. I mean, are we going to – are we going to be bringing in a veteran? I heard Henry. I've heard Jacobs, Barkley. I mean, I mean, I know you can't give it away, but what, what do you got cooking in that oven? Because we need some running back pie. Well, let, let me tell you what we won't be cooking, and that's a Tony Pollard turnover. Um, we're, uh, <laughs> I think we've learned our lesson there, uh, that we need to go with a guy that's proven, uh, a guy that can come in and win now and, and produce. Uh, we learned the hard way that if you can't run the ball in this league, uh, it's going to be a, a long season. And we saw that. Um, and, uh, and then, so 
not to take away uh, from what Tony did for this team, but we need something with a little bit more pop. Uh, that's got to be, uh, whether that be a guy like Derrick Henry, um, who continues to perform at a high level, or a Saquon Barkley, uh, who brings some athleticism to the table. Uh, but uh, we definitely got to add some pop here to that running back position. I think that should probably be priority number one as we enter the free agency here. Absolutely, Jerry. Man, I don't want to take up all your time, Jerry. I know you're a busy man, um, but is there any inside news on the on the DAC thing? Is this deal going to get done over the offseason, or, or what can we expect? Uh, we, will, uh, we will be looking – uh, at all avenues here on what to do with uh, Dak Prescott. And now I have spoken mighty highly of Dak and what he has done for this team. But I've also mentioned that we will only go as far as Dak Prescott takes us. And I have said that. I really mean it. Um, he is uh, he's the engine for this team. Uh, and uh, just to be, uh, you know, quite frank, uh, he's been a four cylinder and what we need is a V8. Um, and uh, we're trying to we're trying to up that horsepower and find a way to get him to where he can perform at that. Uh, Jerry, we, Jerry, we need to get him a turbo, man. Go get him a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, well, put the turbo on the boy and, and let's roll. Now, you know, I've seen a, a few mock drafts. Obviously, I can't give nothing away, but, uh, you know, there's a young man, the wide receiver from Florida State, uh, Mr. Coleman, that uh, that might could uh, be that turbo uh, to this engine that we need. But either way, um, you know, we're, we want to put this team in a position to win. And uh, right now, uh, with Dak sitting there at that $60 million, um, that's like paying $6 a gallon for gas uh, when you're about to take a 24-hour road trip. It's just not going to work to get us to where we need to go. Absolutely, Jerry. Well, thanks for your time, man. We'll have to catch you on a different show. Uh, we'll bring it back over to here my, to my guys, Mike Tag and Kelly K9. Um, and I'll let you guys shout your socials or any uh, parting thoughts. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, just uh, again, you can catch uh, Kelly and I in the Cowboys Cave. I will say I was going to wait to drop it, but, you know, we're having a good time. We've got, I'm telling you, this is going to be an exciting one. We've got a member of the Great Wall going to be coming into the cave uh, probably next week, if not next week, the week after. And we're talking about he was uh, rated the dirtiest uh, NFL football player two years in a row. He got thrown out of a Pro Bowl game for fighting. And I'm talking about Kevin Gogan, two-time Super Bowl champion. So it's going to be a lot of fun to get him in the cave. And, and he's already warned me. He said he's got no filter. So he already gave me the warning. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty hot. It's going to be good. So mm. definitely check us out in, on, on our YouTube channel. And you can follow me on uh, any social platform at, at mtag1993. Gotta follow these guys for the player interviews for all their great great work. They also have the the um um fantasy uh also man yeah everything ring they sized. do yeah there we go there we go I'm I'm waiting on it I gotta I gotta put a plaque up here too so um I'm the I'm the reigning champ uh, Cowboys Cowboys failed but you know your guy EJ Savage had to had to carry the load uh Kelly go ahead and shout yourself out man. 
Yeah, um, it's just at Kelly K9 um, on everything, on all the socials at Kelly underscore K underscore nine. And yeah, we got, um, I want to thank everybody for showing up in the chat, all the uh, likes, subscribers, um, you know, and for people, if you haven't liked and subscribed already to the boys in the zone, if you're not already people that are on the Cowboys cave right now, make sure you head over there and do that as he continues to bring you guys some great content, Cowboys content, draft content as you go get towards a little bit closer to the draft. You'll find out some, some great stuff here from, from EJ and we'll continue to bring the player interviews. Like, like Mike said, um, you know, if the Cowboys can't win the titles, we're going to bring the, the titles to you. Um, in terms of the guys that know what it takes to win and know what it takes to be a part of a winning franchise, because, you know, honestly, that's what this Cowboys uh, team needs as a whole, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not against the, I'm not against these coaches, man, bringing these guys in on a regular basis. I really feel that, that these guys from the nineties, the Irvins, you know, uh, the Emmett Smiths, the, the Troys that, that those guys need to be welcomed into the facility on a regular basis, man, whether, whether it's just to invite them for mentorship or whether it be to just be there and have them tell stories about, you know, things that they went through and, you know, experiences and what it takes because something is missing from the DNA of this Dallas Cowboys team. And nobody seems to be able to really put a finger on it, but you know, what better way to, to you know inject some winning into this team than to bring winners so and you know let's let's just hope that this season ends up better man and that we're he- that we're getting things headed hopefully in the right direction uh starts with zimmer at the defensive coordinator and then leading into free agency in the draft so a lot of things to happen absolutely can't thank these guys enough for showing up here and popping into the cowboys conference call is what i'm calling it should have had some more people tonight but they had their own stuff going on so hopefully they can get better praying for those people um and then if you're interested in uh me i'm gonna be getting on another podcast tomorrow touchdowns and tacos i believe it's what it's called um and i think we're rolling at seven um, I'd have to double check that, but I'll put a tweet out for you guys. Uh, if you haven't already liked the video, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Boys in the Zone. I'm EJ Savage. Go follow my Twitter as well, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Yeah. Forget what you got. Nothing for matters until you don't wear from the top. I'm talking on style squad. They've been down with me for years, and none of them match up a squad. Squad, five. Out of the gutter, don't stutter. I'm taking my shots. Block, block out the noise.